the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WTBN, Pinellas Park. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. How many times I've spoken to people about the Lord Jesus Christ, and they've only responded with saying something to this effect. Well, I've known this Christian and this person claimed to love Jesus like you do, and he or she cheated me in business. They lied to me or they were rude to me. Why should I listen to you about Christ? I've seen what a real Christian or someone who claims to be a Christian behaves like. You see, it completely turns them off. They don't want to listen to the message when they've seen the light. It has often been said that in order to hide behind a hypocrite, one must be smaller than the hypocrite. Or as St. Augustine once said, we should never judge a philosophy by its abuse. Those who reject the gospel because they have seen poor examples of Christianity are still without excuse. But I certainly would not want to be one of those poor examples. God has called each of us to be his witness. And if our lives do not match our message, we make God look like a liar. This is Verse by Verse, a radio Bible class taught by Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. We have been studying for the past several days some of the essentials for Christian living and growth. In our last class, Pastor Steve began a two-part message on witnessing. We've been considering why we should witness, to whom we should witness, and how we should go about it. Dr. Lewis Sperry Schaefer, evangelist and founder of Dallas Theological Seminary, told a simple story from his life. It seems that one day Dr. Schaefer was walking along the street when he encountered a flagman sitting in a little house at a railroad crossing. He noticed that the man was reading a large family Bible. Though a sign on the door said no admittance, Dr. Schaefer went boldly through the door to greet the man. In reply to a question from Dr. Schaefer, the man said that he read the Bible a lot. So Schaefer asked a second question, one most people are too timid to ask these days. Are you saved? The answer of the flagman carries the sentiments of many. Oh, I never could be good enough to be saved. Schaefer countered, friend, if God would make an exception of your case and give you salvation outright as a gift, would you receive it? Mister, the flagman replied, I don't know what brand of fool you think I am that I wouldn't take a gift like that. Schaefer asked the flagman to read John 10:28. It took the man a while to find the passage, but then he read, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Then Schaefer directed him to Romans 6:23, where he read, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The flagman was amazed. He said to Dr. Schaefer, Stranger, I don't know who you are, but you've done more for me today than any other man. Schaefer replied, What have I done for you? I've got you in a trap. 
You told me that if it was a gift, you'd accept it. Now, what are you going to do about that? Well, I will accept it right now, the flagman responded, and he did. Dr. Schaefer prayed with him and left. Let's open our Bibles now and find some more effective means of witnessing. Another excuse. Some people say witnessing isn't for today. It was only for the apostles because the world hadn't yet heard about Christ in the first century. Now, we don't need to be so zealous about our faith. We don't need to tell others about our faith because everybody's heard of Christ. Well, that's not really the case. It is not just for the apostles. It is for everyone. In fact, Acts chapter 8, verse 4 says this. Now, there was a persecution going on in the city of Jerusalem. And the Bible says, therefore, those who had been scattered went about preaching the word. Persecution fell upon the believers at Jerusalem. The Bible says they scattered everywhere, which means they left Jerusalem. They went all over the Roman Empire. And the Bible says they were proclaiming the word of God. Now, the interesting thing about that is, if you look at verse 14 of Acts chapter 8, we read this. Now, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent them Peter and John. The point is this. Everyone but the apostles went all through the Roman Empire proclaiming the word of God. The apostles stayed back in Jerusalem. It was others who brought the, uh, the area of Samaria the word of God, and the apostles didn't. The point that I'm making, the point that the word of God makes, is that it's everyone's responsibility to proclaim the message of the gospel, not just the apostles. They were, they were the first, but thank God they're not the last. If that was the case, then no one would have shared with you the message of salvation. Somebody told you about Jesus because they heard the message from someone else who heard it from someone else who heard it right back to the apostles. And we're to carry on that torch of eternal life. People are just as much in need of Christ today. Whether they've heard the name of Christ or not is not the issue. Have they trusted Christ? Another excuse, and here's one that many people say and many people let them get away with, but I won't let you get away with this because it's wrong. I witness only by my good works, not by verbalizing my faith. What that's saying is this. I don't say anything, I just have people look at my life, and when they see that my life is so wonderful, then they'll approach me and say, why are you so different? And then I'll have opportunity to tell them about Christ. Well, it's true, and I'm going to say more about this in just a few moments. It's true that we're to witness by our life, but it's not true that we're to only witness by our life. What happens if you only witness by your life? If your good works are all that you want people to see and you never verbalize the message? First of all, they won't come and ask you why you're different. If they do, it is a rarity of rarities. They will not come and ask you why you're different. You know what they'll do? They'll just conclude that you're a good moral person. And it'll only strengthen their belief in man's innate goodness. Now, that's absolutely false. We don't want to strengthen people's belief in man's goodness because man is not good, the Bible says. They'll just conclude that you're moral. And they'll miss the whole point of the gospel. They'll miss the whole point that people are sinners and they need salvation. You'll give them just the opposite message. I'm certain that I went to junior high school and high school with young people who were believers. But, you know, to my knowledge, not one person ever came up to me in all the years that I was in school and ever told me about the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't want that to happen. 
We want to verbalize what we, what we believe. We want to tell them why we're different. If you only keep quiet, they'll conclude you're a moral, nice person. And that is absolutely erroneous. So why should we witness? Because the Lord Jesus Christ has commanded us to witness. And if he's really our Lord, we submit to his commands and we want others to know how wonderful he is. But what about this question? To whom should we witness? Does God want us to go all around the world and and be an evangelist and hold crusades? That might be his plan for some, but for most people it's not. Who should you begin witnessing to? What should you do? What are the first steps? Who should you speak to? Where is your audience? It's very simple. The Lord has placed you in a variety of relationships with people. There's a whole network of people that you interact with on a regular basis. Your family, your friends, your business associates, your classmates, your neighbors. All these people are are people you see and speak to on a regular basis. They already are your captive audience. Begin by telling those closest to you about the greatest news they could ever possibly hear. We talk about so many things. We talk about news, we talk about politics, we talk about sports, and yet we keep silence about the most important thing, and that is the good news, the best news, the greatest news about the Lord Jesus Christ. But let's not think that we can only uh, reduce our witnessing to people we know well. That's a start. We ought to speak to those we know best, but let's not think that our, that our job is finished when we speak to those we know well. We need to take advantage of the scores of opportunities to witness for Christ as we move through life. We're to grab hold of the opportunities. We're to seize the opportunities that the Lord puts before us. This is the way Jesus uh, walked. This is the way Jesus lived his life. He used countless opportunities to present himself to others. He spoke to a thirsty woman one day about quenching her thirst with the words of eternal life, the waters of eternal life, the words of eternal life with himself. He told a hungry crowd one day that he could feed their souls with the bread of life. You see, he saw their need and he said, I can meet that need. One night he told a proud religious leader that he needed to experience new life in Christ. You see, the Lord Jesus, he just seized every opportunity to present himself. He used the simple things in life to communicate the gospel. And the Lord today can and will give you all kinds of opportunities to witness for him. If you have the opportunity to travel in an airplane, as I have, and the airplane drops down and people clutch and hold on to their seats, What a great opportunity to tell them about how perhaps you used to fear death, but no longer do you fear death now that if we crashed, you could say, I know that I'd go to heaven. What a great opportunity that is. And you've got certainly a captive audience. They're not going anywhere in an airplane. Or how about uh, a salesman who's come to, to sell you a product after he's finished speaking to you about the product he wants to sell, what a great opportunity to say, you know, I'd like to ask you some questions now. And what I'd like to ask you questions about is not something that I'm selling, but it's the greatest gift that's ever been offered. And then explain about the gift of eternal life. Or how about you mothers who speak to other mothers in your neighborhood who are frustrated with their children and frustrated with with life and frustrated with just the hectic routine that they have. You can speak to them about the peace and the strength and the joy that the Lord Jesus Christ offers and gives. The key thing is that we're to witness 
for Christ. And you've, you've got to be with people. And that's the key thing to remember. As you witness for Christ, if you're going to be an effective witness, you must be with people who need Jesus. Don't lose contact with your unsaved friends. Now, you won't want to participate with them in sinful activities, but don't forsake them. Jesus was with sinners, and that's the people who need the gospel. Don't get so involved in a church that we encourage you to get active in a church, but don't get so involved that you lose sight of those around you who need the gospel. Continue your relationships with them. And let them observe your changed life. And let them hear from your own lips the reason that your life now is different. It's Christ. And they need to hear that. So why should we witness? Because it's commanded by Christ. To whom should we witness? First of all, to those we know best, but also to those we come in contact with. And finally, how should you witness? How should we witness to people? Is there some method? Is there some formula? Well, it's far... Uh, witnessing is far more than a method and formula, but let me give you some advice. First of all, you need to understand that even when we aren't verbally witnessing for Christ, we're witnessing for him by our behavior. And I hope you understand that. So let me explain it because I, I think it is very significant that you do grasp that. The Bible says that we are witnesses. The only issue is whether we're going to be a good witness or a poor witness. And the first step to being a good witness is that our life must be in order. You see, our lives speak loud and clear, and those around us are looking and listening to see if Christ is real in our lives. If, he's not, if, if he can't be seen by our behavior, then what credibility do we possibly have to verbally communicate the gospel? How many times I've spoken to people about the Lord Jesus Christ and they've only responded with saying something to this effect. Well, I've known this Christian, and this person claimed to love Jesus like you do, and he or she cheated me in business. They lied to me, or they were rude to me. Why should I listen to you about Christ? I've seen what a real Christian or someone who claims to be a Christian behaves like. You see, it completely turns them off. They don't want to listen to the message when they've seen the light. Nobody expects perfection. Nobody is perfect. But if you're to be an effective witness, people need to see that you desire to live a life of integrity, a life that practices what you preach. Now, when you make a mistake, if you're rude to someone, if you've lied to someone, if you've done something that's wrong, then what do you do? You go back to that person and you ask their forgiveness. You tell them that you're wrong and you're sorry and would they forgive you? And then you'll have a clear conscience to witness to them. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 15 says this, For such is the will of God that by doing right you may silence the ignorance of foolish men. There are people who are critics of the gospel, and they've seen so many inconsistent Christians that they simply dismiss the gospel as a fairy tale because they've never seen the reality of Christ in someone's life. And Peter is saying it's God's will that by doing right, you put to silence their criticisms and their ignorance, and that by your life they might see the purity of the Lord Jesus Christ. So witnessing begins with a consistent life. And you can't separate your life from what you say with your lips. But we also want to say that it isn't only our lifestyle. We do have to speak with our mouths and speak words that explain the gospel. I would suggest that you start by telling someone how you came to Christ. You don't have to have a dramatic testimony. You don't have to have had thunder 
in the sky or lightning come down. It doesn't have to be that type of a testimony. You simply need to tell them what your life was before receiving Christ, you then how you received Christ, and then what the benefits now, the changes you've noticed in your life, your, your attitudes, your perspectives, your joy, your peace. You don't need to be elaborate. You don't need to go into all the details. Just be honest and get to the point. This is what we call a personal testimony. And this helps people to sense their need as you relate to them. They see that the gospel is, is for flesh and blood, real people. But you need to move from your testimony to using the word of God. Use the scriptures to explain in simple terms the plan of salvation. And what is that plan? It's basically this. You need to tell them that they're sinners who deserve God's judgment because they've broken his law. Never leave out the fact that they're sinners. Don't just tell them Christ offers you peace and joy and hope and he'll take you to heaven. They need, first of all, to know they're sinners. Why? If they don't know they're a sinner, they'll never see their need for a savior from their sin. In other words, you must tell them the bad news before you tell them the good news. The bad news is that they're sinners. And they're lost, and they're on their way to a Christless eternity in hell unless there's a solution to their sin problem. And then you tell them the solution. The solution is the Lord Jesus Christ, who is God. He's not just a, a superhuman person. He is God. He's the God-man who came into this world to be the one who paid for their sins. He took the judgment of God upon himself. A good uh, verse for that is, is John 3.16, speaking of God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. 1 Peter chapter 2 speaks of this, how he died for our sins. Isaiah 53 speaks of this. Romans 3.23 says that we're sinners. And then the other verses I used explains that Christ paid for their sins. But then finally, they need to know that they have to personally respond to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not just enough to know intellectually that he died for them. They must personally receive him. And how do they do this? The first thing that's involved is that they must have a changed mind about Christ and their sin. As you explain the gospel to them, their minds must change about Christ. They must see him as the one they need. They must see their sin as God sees it. They must see that they need Christ. And then when they see that and they change their mind, they must put their trust in him for the forgiveness of sins. In other words, they must transfer their trust from whatever they're trusting in and depending on to go to heaven, whether it be themselves or their church or their baptism or any religious ritual or their good works or keeping the Ten Commandments. They transfer their trust from that over to the Lord Jesus Christ, and they're depending upon him and his death alone for their eternal salvation. The Bible says in John 1.12, but as many as received him, to them gave he the authority to become the children of God. Now, I've just briefly covered this. If you want more about this, there's a good booklet I recommend, which you can, you can get from Lakeside Community Chapel. The booklet is called God's Gift to You, and it expands upon these truths. You can even open the booklet up and explain the plan of salvation as you go page by page through it with a person. So they must understand that they need to personally receive Christ, and there must be a willingness to submit to him as Lord. Now, let me give, as we close this, a word of caution. When I started witnessing, I couldn't understand how those I spoke to 
didn't always receive Christ. It bothered me. In fact, it discouraged me until I realized that it takes the Holy Spirit of God to work in the heart of an individual to bring him to Christ. I didn't understand that. I thought that when everybody heard the message or when anybody heard, they would, they would just willingly repent and trust Christ as their Savior. But I've learned this. No one can be manipulated into the kingdom of God. No one. And we shouldn't try to do that. The Holy Spirit must convince them of their need of Christ, and he's the one who draws them to Christ. You and I can't save anybody. We only are responsible to tell them the message. And we must depend upon the Spirit of God to work in people's hearts. You can't convince anybody of their need for Christ. I can't do that. Our clever arguments can't do that. Nothing can accomplish that but the Spirit of God. So don't feel like you're a failure if people don't accept Christ with you. No one is saved unless God does a work in their hearts. And you know what this does? It takes the great pressure off of us. And we don't need to feel like every time we witness, we must get them to accept Christ. No, that's the work of the Lord. We're simply to communicate the gospel. But it still is our responsibility to witness. And people will be saved. People are, in our culture, responsive to the gospel. Many people, the Lord is calling out people from all over the world and all walks of life to accept him. And you have a part in that. And that's the great joy that, that when you do lead people to Christ, you'll have the great joy of knowing that the Lord has been working in this person's life and God has put you together with that person and you have been a tool or a divine instrument in the hands of God to lead a person to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And God has used you as his instruments in the eternal salvation of the soul. And then what should you do? Well, then you do exactly what we've been doing with you. Then you love that person, and you get these tapes of that person, and you begin to, to build into their life the truth about the Word of God, that they might grow and become a, a, a mature child in the family of God. So I'll ho I hope that you'll witness I hope that you'll not be silent about the Lord Jesus Christ, that you'll tell people the gospel and you'll live a life before them, that they'll know that Christ is real in your life. I trust you'll be obedient to the word of God and tell others the glorious gospel. There is no higher calling than to be an ambassador for the Lord Jesus Christ. Shall we close in prayer? Our Father, we thank you that we have received eternal life. And we thank you, our Father, that you have told us to tell others about the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no higher calling. We're so grateful that we have a message like this. We're so grateful, Lord, that, that you've commissioned us to tell others. We're so grateful that we have a message of hope and forgiveness to tell people about. Help us to be excited about this message. Help us to be excited about Christ, to walk with him in obedience, and to verbally communicate with others the wonderful news that salvation is a free gift that's received by trusting Christ and him alone. This we pray, our Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Being a good witness is nothing like being a good salesman. We are promoting a person, not a product. A good witness is like a signpost. To be effective, it makes no difference if the signpost is young or old, pretty or ugly. All it has to do is to be understandable and to point in the right direction. What a liberating thought when we come to realize that we are simply God's witnesses, not His lawyers. 
The job of convincing belongs to the Holy Spirit, and all we need to do is to be honest. You have been listening to Verse by Verse. It's a daily Bible class of the air led by Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. If you are in Clearwater on a Sunday morning and do not have a place to worship, we hope you will come pay us a visit. You can find Lakeside at 1893 Sunset Point Road. That's midway between U.S. 19 and the beaches. If these classes have blessed you and you would like to help us keep them on the air on this station, you can find out how to support us at our website, versebyverseradio.org. Click on the Support Us link. You can also listen again to today's class or to any of several hundred previous classes. To make sure you don't miss any future classes, please sign up for our free podcasting service. That web address again is versebyverseradio.org. Because Pastor Steve's messages are almost always too long to fit within the time constraints of radio, we need to split them into smaller parts and spread them over several programs. Many listeners find it helpful to hear the entire message in one sitting. If you would like to do that, give us a call at 727-239-0306 and order a cassette tape or an audio CD. And then join us for the next verse-by-verse and a new series of lessons from God's Word. You've been listening to Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. This program was pre-recorded. To learn more, including how to donate to this ministry, visit versebyverseradio.org. That's verse by W262CP. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.